This morning, I want to talk to you, wait for it, about resurrection. But it's not the resurrection you're thinking about. The scriptures tell us that in Jesus' life, he raised people three times prior to the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate today. Luke chapter 7 tells us that he raised a son of a widow from Nain. Luke chapter 8 tells us he raised the daughter of Jairus. And John chapter 11 is the story, the account of when Jesus resurrected his friend Lazarus. And the third one is where we're going to be today. The town of Bethany was small and quiet, but it was even quieter than usual these days. In a town like Bethany, everyone knows everyone's business, and everyone in Bethany knew that Lazarus was sick. Everyone in Bethany knew that his sisters, Mary and Martha, were struggling to keep him well, to get him back to health. The whispers had been heard, and he didn't seem to be doing any better. They did all they could, but it wasn't enough. Mary and Martha wept and held the hands of their brother as he breathed his last. In quiet tears... They begin to prepare the body of their brother with spices. They begin to wrap him ever so gently. And as they did, they ask one another, why didn't, why didn't Jesus come? Uh, we sent word for him. Did, did he not get the message? Surely he cares. Why? He, we saw him do all of these miracles. He surely could have made our brother well. And so they wondered, where was he? Why hadn't he shown? Why hadn't he come? Surely he had a good reason. If Jesus didn't show, there must have been a good reason. They just didn't know what it was. Many people came from all around town All throughout Bethany, people came to give their condolences, to give words of comfort, to give hugs and encouragement, to just sit with the sisters in their grief. People came from distances to come and comfort Mary and Martha in their loss. But amidst all of the people who came, noticeably absent again, was their friend. Where was he? The question lingered in their minds as crowds of people came and went in the house. The question was not always worded, but sometimes simply exchanged with a glance from sister to sister. The funeral service was beautiful. Ah, if you could have been there and heard the prayers that were led and the songs that were sung. 
and the parts of Scripture that were read, people decked out in their clothes of mourning. They lined the streets and filled the home. But still, the one they looked for most never arrived. They thought that Jesus would at least show for the funeral. They had hoped he might have a word to say, a eulogy for his friend, said in a way that only Jesus could say it. But no, nothing. There was no miracle, no healing, no words of presence, no comfort, nothing from Jesus. They laid their body of their brother inside the family tomb at the outskirts of town. A massive stone was rolled in front of it. Days went by. Still no Jesus. And then, four days after the funeral, as people from out of town began to load up their animals to travel back home. As life in Bethany began to get back to normal, Jesus showed up. It was hard to tell at first, just a silhouette on the horizon. But the more they looked, the more they could see this was a rabbi. Was it Jesus? As they got closer and they could make out the shapes of the disciples, and they could see the prayer shawl that worn by the rabbi, they knew yes, it was Jesus. And the look on his face was bittersweet, as if at the same time, both sadness and joy, they didn't understand. Thankfully, the scripture tells us the rest of the story. If you're in John chapter 11, and I hope that you are, I, I want you to open to verse 17. If you don't know where John eleven seventeen is, grab a Bible in front of you. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can keep the one in front of you. The, the brown one is our gift to you. But page 1152, 1152 will take you to John eleven seventeen, And we're going to read of two very different conversations. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. 
Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And what we see here is that Martha's focus, her hope really, is somewhere in the future. She believes that Jesus could have done something. She's not exactly sure why he didn't do something, but she hasn't lost faith in Jesus. She still believes in the resurrection, but it's some distant, far-out day that is to come. Now note that she, she starts this conversation in the same way. We'll see this again. If you had been here, you can understand her saying that. I, I don't really think she's rebuking Jesus. I think she's saying, Jesus, you could have done something. She was expressing to him her faith in him. And she hasn't lost her hope. She believes in hope someday, but she just didn't see hope that day. Have you been here? Maybe you are here. Where you you believe in resurrection. You, You believe in the the account of Jesus and the people that he raised and he himself being raised on the third day. And and you believe that all who are in Christ someday will be resurrected, both the living and the dead. But that's someday. That's not today. I I know the resurrection is coming, but, but you didn't get the news that I got from the doctor this week. I know resurrection is coming, but I I got a pink slip on Friday, and I'm looking for work. I know the resurrection is coming, but my marriage is hanging on by a thread. I know the resurrection is coming someday, but preacher, that doesn't help me today. And if you're there, you and Martha are kindred spirits. Now look what Jesus says in verse 25. Jesus looks her straight in the eyes, and I imagine this conversation is as close as you can get to a person to the point it's almost awkward. And Jesus is unflinching and looking not just in her eyes, but in her soul. And he says these words. Verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked Martha a very pointed question. Do you believe this? Now pay attention. Jesus has has pulled some rabbinical jujitsu here. He, He has done some very smart things. He has addressed the living and the dead. I'm the resurrection and the life... Whoever believes in me, though he dies. He's referring to her brother, who's still in the tomb, who's been there about four days, yet shall he live. 
And then he addresses the living, the the lady she's talking to, the sisters, the people who've come. And he says, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And the promise is for us as well. Now Martha's answer, precisely right. Said as Martha would say it, Martha, Martha. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. That's conversation number one. But conversation number two is a very different one. Keep reading verse 28. Now, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. She was going to the tomb, but she wasn't going to weep much longer. Verse 32, now when Mary came to Jesus and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, and you'll remember this, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was Deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. What troubled Jesus that day, we speculate. I personally think that it is that he had greater perspective. He's eternal. He's the resurrection and the life. He is the Son of God, the living God. Colossians says, in the fullness of him... God was pleased to dwell. You see, you and I view our life by two endpoints, a birth date and a death date. I have a couple of funerals this week. And as we put up the PowerPoint or as we put the announcement out, there's usually a birth date and a death date. That's how we see the perspective of life. But the eternal God exists beyond that. And sometimes we get stuck here and our grief gets stuck here and our our fears get stuck here and our anxieties get stuck here and our worries get stuck here. And and Jesus' perspective is there's so much more that you don't know. He's deeply moved that he wishes to convey how much more Lazarus has ahead of him. Verse 34, he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, but the most powerful one as well. Showing not just that he's deity, but his humanity as well. Mary's heart is in this very different place from Martha's. Martha's hope was set in some future day, but Mary's heart is dwelling in the past. She repeats what Martha's already said. Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. 
with the moment she sees Jesus, she falls at his feet, maybe in worship, but I think to an even greater degree in her grief. Weeping at Jesus' feet because of what could have been. What might have been. And somewhere in Mary's heart was the belief that Jesus was too late. She was plagued by what I call the if-onlys. You ever been plagued by the if-onlys? If only we had sent word earlier. If only we had done more. If only, and she's ashamed of the thought, if only you had been faster. And maybe you're here too. Maybe you're in a place in life where you're in the if-onlys. If only I had done more. If only I had done less. If only someone else had said, if only God had. These two sisters Hearts are in very different places. But Jesus is about to do what Jesus does to show them the Father's glory. Jesus wept. And so the Jews were in verse 36 now. See how he loved him, they said. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind men also have kept this man from dying? And then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. Now, you have to get the picture here because you need to understand. You just need to back up. Because the author of life is coming to the place of death. One of the hymns that we sang this morning talked about it being a war over death. Not going to be much of a war as Jesus will show. But they're about to have a knockdown drag out between deity and death. And Jesus is going to show his authority and power over death. He came to the tomb. It was a cave and stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now Martha, you can hear her indignation. This is Martha after all. You can hear her offense. Lord, it's been four days. And by this time, there will be an odor. For he has been dead four days. And it's hard for us to imagine. But this is in a time without preservatives and embalming and refrigeration. Four days in a hot Judean tomb is going to do something that I can't fully picture to you of a deceased body. Closest I can get is teens. Week, week after week, week long of camp, Pierce, I'm looking at you, your, 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 your room, you know, that, that smell that permeates a boy's cabin at the end of camp. That's what Martha's thinking, we getting ready to smell. This doesn't bother Jesus. 
He says, verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. This is a prayer of Jesus. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you have sent me. Verse 43, when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And as you've heard before, the only reason he pinpointed Lazarus was so that everybody else stayed in. And the man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. They removed the stone, not so that Lazarus could get out. I mean, if Jesus could conquer death, I think he could conquer a little tiny stone. Now, that wasn't the point. They removed the stone, not so Lazarus could get out. They removed the stone so that they could see in. Because what's about to happen, as the disciples are watching, as Mary's Mar- wa- Mary and Martha are watching, they are about to see something they will never forget. And for the rest of his life... Lazarus would be the king of a game called Top That. You couldn't tell a good story around Lazarus anymore. You could spin your yarn all you wanted, and at the end of it, Lazarus would say, Well, that's nice. Almost like the time I was dead for four days. Jesus called me out. I remember being in the Hadean realm, just getting used to talking to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I was getting real comfortable. Things were looking pretty good. And the angel came out and said, I'm going to need a Lazarus. Everybody hear about the name of Lazarus? And I had to go back. Now, all of that, you say, well, wait, this is not the traditional Easter Sunday story I'm used to hearing. And I say... It's a foreshadowing of it. Turn ahead to John chapter 20. John chapter 20 is where the one you're thinking of resurrection. Now, this is page 1163. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And I don't know exactly how much time has passed. But for the rest of chapter 20, from person, from Mary to the disciples, to, the, to Thomas, every person as they're told this news, I think, as they went to the tomb to go investigate for themselves, said as they saw the open tomb, whoa. That's just like Lazarus. I remember that day. You see, the point is, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and the disciples saw a glimpse of resurrection power before Resurrection Sunday. Lazarus' tomb being empty, that was interesting. But Jesus' tomb being empty, that is everything. Did you understand, if, if Jesus came out of the tomb, then everything that he said, every command which he gave matters. 
He showed his authority. He showed he's from God. He showed he was who he claimed to be. Lots of people claimed to be the Messiah. Only one of them came out of the tomb. The resurrection is crucial to Christianity. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul will call it this. He will say, For I delivered to you as of first importance. This is it. This is the big deal. What I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Resurrection is central. It's the most important part of being a Christian. It's where we have our hope. No one's ever explained the empty tomb. Nobody found nobody. Hundreds, hundreds of people witnessed the risen Jesus. One of them, at least so far as we know, got to put his finger into the nail marks and his hand into the side of the risen Jesus. Hundreds would witness him and see him. And many would die as martyrs, refusing to give up their claim. So I simply want to return to that original question that Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? Do do you believe this? Whether it's (laughs) the son of the widow of Nain, Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, or the resurrection. The question comes, do you believe this? And are you willing to stake your life and your eternity on it? We get three promises as I view it from resurrection. One, you can be free from yesterday. You can get out of if-only land because you've got something better ahead. Two, you can have new life today. Jesus would say in John 14, 19, because I live, you also will live. We cannot just have life someday, we can have life today. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And finally, you can have hope for tomorrow. We are closer to resurrection day than we've ever been. And for some people, that fills them with fear if they're not ready, if they're not in Christ. But for some, some, heaven is looking better and better all the time. The hope that we have is getting stronger and stronger with each day. And that's the glory and the power and the beauty of resurrection. So I have just one more question for you. Are you ready? Are you ready for that day? You can get ready for that day today. Romans chapter 6, these words are given to us by the Apostle Paul. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk just like Lazarus. Just like Jesus in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. 
The promise wasn't just for them, you see. The promise wasn't just for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The promise is for us. And so if you are ready to take hold of the resurrection, Romans chapter 6 says, simply believe and be baptized, be buried with him that you might be raised with him. If you're ready to do that this morning, Easter Sunday is a wonderful time to do it. If you have that need, we're going to sing a song. Brother Charles is going to lead us. You can head to the back, meet with one of our shepherds, and they'll be glad to show you the next steps. If you need the prayers of this congregation or in some way have a public need, let us know by heading to the back during this next song while together we stand and sing.